<clears throat> What's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, and we're on episode 38 of Goals and Updates. So today we're going to be talking about two topics. It's going to be staying productive and what will you leave behind when your time is up. Now, uh, that one's not, not as, uh, as positive as most of this stuff is, but <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying to fix myself in the, in the seat, but um. It, I'm going to talk about that one only for the fact that uh, that one's kind of more related towards I had a, uh, a funeral to attend yesterday for my uncle. And so it kind of made me uh, think about some things in perspective. All right. So that, that's kind of my job is every single day I'm going to try to come up with topics that are related to certain elements that I've hit uh, in my life to then maybe give, uh, I guess, more people of different like perspective on what I'm actually going through and, and what most people eventually will hit down the road. So that's really what I'm trying to do with these topics is like, I'll write down a topic when I hit something and I'm like, Oh, this would be a great topic to talk about because uh, X, Y, and Z. Right. So uh, we're not going to do a charity right now. My, the charity that I was going through with the wounded warriors ended. So what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm going to come up with like new goals and, and to cal you know, recalibrate basically what I want to attack and go after with like that kind of uh, with the charity. So I'm going to spare you on the charity for this episode, which I think is like one of the only episodes I've ever uh, spared on charity. But so we're not going to go through charity today. Um, I'm going to, you know, come up with something later and then uh, we'll add that on as, as I keep going on with these episodes for uh, goals and updates. So we'll start with the first, what's up, Marco? We'll start with the first topic, which is staying or staying productive. Now, this is something where um, I, I talk. I've talked a lot about like myself with like the like being productive and different elements that I've gone through with like depression, and I knew it was leading up to uh, be, you know either being a having a productive day and using my time well, or if I wasn't using my time well. Now. We're gonna. I'm gonna go into more depth with examples, more um, more depth with like what I'm really talking about. Uh, but the reason I came up with this one to talk about today was really because I came across a Grant Cardone. Um, I came up or I came across today a Grant Cardone video with uh, he does like it's called Power Players, and he gets a person that's making a lot of money. And and he brought up this one guy. I think it was Alex uh, Morton. I think it's his last name. I could be wrong the last name. I know it's Alex is his first name. A uh, last name, it's kind of fuzzy for me, but I'm pretty sure it was Alex Morton. Uh, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, it doesn't really matter. But the point of the matter was during that, that uh, the video, when he's going through and asking him questions, he started talking about he, uh, when he was younger, he was going through like really bad ruts and depression. And he found out that it was because like on certain, like he said he fell into the trap that most, uh, most young people do with, uh, he went to college, you know, his, his, his mother really pressured him to go to college, wanted him to go get an education, went to college and ended up falling, uh, into the trap of like just partying, not really paying attention, didn't really care about college, just partied, <clears throat> tried to obviously go with like the girls and, and hit on women and stuff like that. And probably got himself into like different, you know, different terrible situations in college. And he said he fell into like a depression state 
which later on he, he uh, figured out it was because he wasn't using his time productively and he wasn't going and being as productive as he knew he could have, as he really could have been, uh, that he envisioned for himself, that he wasn't, you know, wasn't actually striving for that product to, uh, to be more productive. What's up, Eli? But uh, so it kind of made me really go to this topic because I've had this same problem when I was really young. Uh, back in like high school, middle school, well, maybe not so much middle school, middle school, you're kind of just trying to find, uh, you're just trying to find your way. But high school, I, I hit the same exact thing this guy was talking about on power plays with Grant Cardone. And it was, I wasn't using my time wisely. So I was wasting a lot of time on video games. Uh, middle school, I played a lot more video games, but high school, you know, I kind of, you kind of got a little bit more responsibilities with your, with your job and stuff. But I, I knew I was wasting a lot of time. I was playing a lot of video games. Majority of the time I was home, I was playing uh, maybe up to like six to seven hours of video games. And I'd go out with my friends extremely late at night and uh, just do stupid stuff. And I, and I, you know, I never, and then you'd wake up and I'd feel like I, you know, I wasn't productive. I wasn't, I could do a lot more than what I was doing. And so what ended up happening was uh, I kept hitting these ruts, went into depression I uh, started going and doing more stuff. So then I ended up getting like uh, job opportunities as like a part-time marketer. And then I ended up, you know, going to college, but instead of just going to class and coming home, I started, you know, diving more into like activities at school. So when I actually got the job at, as like a part-time marketer with Broward college, it forced me to start seeing there's more resources in college than what I really thought was there. And it really forced me to go and start engaging more at school so that's when I started realizing the more I did with my, with my time in the day, the happier I felt and the more, um, the more I'm trying to think of the, the right word for this, but the more I felt more myself, right? The more I actually didn't, I didn't have depression. I'm not telling you I don't go through, uh, every single day is perfect. It's not, it's not how life works. I don't, I don't, I don't know I can't honestly tell you if, you know, every single day is going to be the best day of your life. I know for a fact that, you know, some days you're going to feel worse than other days. Um, I think that's, I think that's honestly like normal only for the fact that, uh, like Grant Cardone has like talked about this before, um, talked about this before where he said, you know, like there's some days like I wake up at six in the morning or five in the morning and he's like, I don't, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to go and do this. I just have to, I have to keep telling myself like, just to do it, like, just go, just do it. So, you know, you're going to have to, which I think I talked, uh, I talked a little bit about last episode. I don't think I, I made a topic yet about it, but, uh, sometimes you have to talk to yourself to get you to do that, that, you know, objective, um, that you want to accomplish in that day. Like maybe you go make a phone call to someone that you don't know. Or you want to, you know, go on that job. Today's a job interview and you don't really feel like going, but you have to force yourself to just go. Um, the hardest step, like I've said in previous topics, is is just showing up. That's the hardest part. If you could just show up, like that's what I tell people about like the gym. If you could just show up to the gym and get yourself to the gym, you'd work out. I mean, I don't know if you'd have like the most productive workout, but in my mind, I know I just have to get there. I just have to show up and the rest will follow through because if I'm there, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to just go there and not do anything. So I'm going to have to force myself to go there. And once I show up, I'll perform. It's kind of the same thing with public speaking. You know, uh, if you, like I noticed this with public speaking is like, if, um, you know, like you have the topic, you know, the teacher gets you the topic. You're like, all right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to present. 
in a month or maybe two weeks from now, I'm going to go up there and present. And the more people that presented before you, the more your nerves would build up and go, Oh my gosh, that's what I got to go do. That's what I got to go do. So what I always did was I always tried to go either like third or fourth. I never really liked going first and present and like doing a presentation. Cause I knew, you know, I didn't want to be the first, but I didn't want to obviously be like middle to last. So I, I figured out if I would just go like second or third, I would boost into, um, I would just automatically go. And once I started talking, I would just, you know, it's, it's very easy to continue uh, once you start talking. Sorry, I moved this card. It kind of startled me. But, <laughs> but um, so, you know, you just got to show up. That's what I realized. Like, you know, same with the gym. Like tonight, I'll go to the gym, but, you know, I've slacked on the gym because I get into these ruts where I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat right after the shows. Like, uh, normally I go to the gym after I do like the live stream, but I eat right after. So my problem is what happens is I'll eat after the show and I'm like, all right, I want to give my stomach some time to digest. I don't want to just go hit the treadmill right after I ate. I to give myself time to digest. And then what happens is I wait 30, maybe 40 minutes and I try to fill the gap of that time rather than just going. And then I end up like not going because I'm like, all right, like I want, I, then I, then I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then it just takes the place of the gym. Or uh, I end up laying down and I, end, I don't get anything done because I just ate and I laid down. What's up, Fabrizio? What's up, man? I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, but um, so the point is you got to just show up. That's the hardest part. But to get back on topic, uh, staying productive, it that's another thing that kind of leads into like the gym part is like I knew if I didn't just go and do it and go into the next activity, I'd find some way to waste my time and to not do what I wanted to do. So um today i'm like all right i'm gonna go call my uh my friend chris who i was we became really good friends in high school but what ended up happening was he ended up getting married he ended up having a kid um he was always constantly really busy and our schedules just didn't collide so i haven't i haven't spoken to chris maybe um uh, maybe like in a good two maybe three years and but i haven't seen him maybe for the last like six years all right. So I haven't seen him in a long time. And this was someone I clicked, I clicked really well with. Like we, me and him were really good friends, like a lot of the same, you know, the same stuff. He's, uh, he's really into engineering. So he, he builds things. Uh, he, and let me get to the part though, before I go into that, but, uh, I ended up saying, you know what? I went over a friend's house and, um, Stella and she ended up talking to me and we started going through and like Stella just likes to catch up on, you know, what's going on in people's lives. Stella was a manager that uh, we all worked with. So all the people that I, I'm, I was kind of tight with, I ended up working with that an ice, an ice uh, den. They call it the Savology or the Panthers ice den. They changed the name so many times, but it's Panthers ice den. So if anyone that's coming on here is local and you're in the Coral Springs area, I used to work at the ice skating rink, um, right on the end, right across the street from Sawgrass uh, Middle. All right, so I used to work there, and that's how I met a lot of uh, a lot of people that I know now is from that. And so, anyways, I went over to my the manager's house, Stella's, which I'm still in communications with her. Uh, so, um, sorry, my nose is itching, but. So I went over there and she started talking to me about Chris and I was like, you know what? I haven't spoken to Chris in a very, very long time. And like, I, and she was saying how he's married, he has a kid now. And I, I was like, yeah, he called me randomly one time <clears throat> and was talking about having the kid, uh, that he's going to have a kid. And I, you know, and then she started saying he's getting married, he's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, like 
I got to go and catch up with him. So today I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call him. Call him. We ended up talking for about 45 to maybe 50 minutes and we caught up. And like, even though like there's a lot of time missing in between, the point is I just said, screw it. I'm just going to call him and, and whatever happens, happens. Like, I don't know if he's going to pick up and we're going to have the best conversation in the world, but I know if I just call him and show up, something's going to happen. So like something's bound to happen. Either it's going to, something terribly is going to go wrong. something good. Like I don't, I didn't think anything terrible was going to go wrong. Cause like I have history with him. So he knows me, but uh, I wanted to catch up with him. Now the point of the matter uh, was staying productive is I knew you know, if I wasn't using my time wisely and I wasn't trying to be productive, it wasn't going to play out. Like I was going to have a really bad day. And I didn't know if it was just me or if it's a lot of people. Now, the problem that you're going to run into is, let's say you want to be more productive. Let's say you're having, you're someone like me where you're, you're not feeling like you're using your time wisely. You know, you can do a lot more than just come home after maybe college class and majority of these topics, you know, are really for millennials. It's not really, it still applies to older people, like, you know, baby boomers and stuff. But I really made this pod, these podcasts and live streams for more of my generation, because I do feel like there's a lack of, um, there's just a, we, we weren't taught how to do a lot of this stuff. It's kind of just like your parents maybe just brought you up and said, okay, here's the world and you do it, which is, you know, it's a good thing. It, it's what shaped me to be a way better person than, uh, then most of the people I, I think most of the people that I come in contact with just because I had to physically do it on my own. But you know, if, if you did have someone, it's like anything you do in life, you want to coach, you want to be trained, you want to do something where it's, you know, you're going to learn faster. Like why would you want to struggle your whole entire life? Uh, when you can basically just get a coach and, and go through. So you know, if you're anyone, if you're, if you're someone like me, that's trying to figure out what's going on and like why you're depressed or why, uh, you know, mostly probably depressed, but if you're in some kind of stage and you're like, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I don't feel good about myself. I'm telling you, it's probably 99, maybe 90% because you're not, you're not using your time wisely and you're, and you don't feel like you're, you're doing anything productive. And this is something that took me a while because I didn't, I didn't really understand it either at first. I'm like, I don't understand. Like I got a pretty decent job. You know, I, I, I have a girlfriend, I have this, I have my family, I have certain elements that should make me happy, but I don't feel complete. And then I'd hit these low points. So uh, what I realized was it's, it's really just, you got to use your time more productively and you got to try to, and the hard part with this too, which I realized, cause I used to think I just got to fill my time up right? I just got to fill my time up and I'll feel more productive. And it doesn't really work like that either. You got to try to find, um, cause you don't want to just be doing random tasks. You want to do things that are going to lead you into the next thing that that's going to reach to your goal. And that was something I read. Um, I think it was Grant Cardone too. I think it was a, uh, a podcast that he was doing and he talked about this with like, he doesn't believe in time management. I don't, I don't know if I have enough information or experience to to tell you about um, like managing your time, like what you should be putting it, like what you should put and what you shouldn't put. Um, I obviously know things that you shouldn't put are more are like video games, uh, Netflix, going to the movies all the time. Like maybe once in a while is fine. Um, 
you know, basically things that are wasting your time. Like I'm, I'm pretty good at picking out. I, you know, it just depends in your life too, like what your goals are, where you're trying to go um, to figure out what you should be putting, you know, putting in, in place of your time. But that's the hard part. You got to kind of, I think you kind of have to figure that out on your own. I don't think anyone can really tell you what you should be putting in, in place of your time. Um, besides just getting rid of all the crap you're wasting. Cause the biggest problem that a lot of people have is they tend to go, I don't have enough time for this. And I always thought to myself before I even heard this from anyone that was making a lot of money was, um, you know, I complain that I don't have enough time, but how is it people like Donald Trump or whether you hate him or you like him, um, you know, how is he able to go from point A to point B so fast and, and do a hundred things at once, a hundred things at once and manage to just like completely keep going and, and not being, you know, not, not being able to just like sit it out. And, uh, same with like Grant Cardone, same with anyone like Steve jobs, like anyone that's very, uh, high energy or, um, like high energy and, and just has to hit the next, the next big thing. I always wondered like, how, how do they have the energy? How do they have the time? The time's the biggest one. Cause the problem is like, we're trading our time for money. So like, I'm trying, you know, that's the hard one too, is like, how do you get to that point where you're not trading time anymore for money? Um, you know, so I haven't, you know, I haven't hit that point yet, but, uh, the point of the matter is, uh, you got to try to figure out how to use your time a little bit more wisely. And, and the people that always complain, they don't have enough time to do anything are never going to ever have time. And that's something I learned from Grant Cardone. So you, you don't want to complain about time. You want to try to figure out how you can gain more time. And there's two elements that I learned, which is one, you got to cut the stuff out that you're wasting time on. So video games, um, you know, I'm trying to cut my, my game usage to maybe, uh, an hour on Sunday. So I'll just do an hour. And the other thing I was thinking about doing is doing live streams on, um, on the gaming too, since I'm pretty good at talking and, you know, it's harder on the video game because you're trying to go through things, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at talking in, in front of a camera or whatever. So I figure what I could do to make that hour even worth it is to start live streaming on, on the gaming, you know, like, uh, damn, I can't think of this. For some reason it just flew out of my head, but like actually like live streaming for game, uh, for, for game, like kind of being a gamer in a sense. And then that'd be another industry I could tap into a little bit with the gaming, but I never, you know, I'm still working on that. Like I do like Twitch once in a while when I do like the one hour or two hours, you know, sometimes it leads into two hours. I'm trying to complete something and I'm like, screw it. I just want to complete this. And I, I play for an extra hour, but I'm, I'm getting better at limiting how much time I'm using towards that uh, through Netflix too. Like I'm, I'm actually doing pretty, I think pretty well with Netflix uh, gaming. I've done a hell of a lot better than what I was normally doing. Uh, most of it's because like I'm filling my time with other things that I'm going to. So right now I probably would be playing video games, but I'm doing the podcast right now with you guys. Um, Tuesdays I'm doing Toastmasters. So like I'm trying to fill the gap with things that I can use productively in my life that are going to get me away from the time wasters. Right. So that's, that's, that's one way of gaining more time, which, uh, you know, I learned through my uncle, my uncle told me this, um, and Grant Cardone. The second one I learned through Grant Cardone and then my uncle was uh, you, 
you have to try to get up early. You have to go to bed decent time, like 11, maybe even like 10 o'clock. And you have to try to get up at like six, five in the morning. The reason why you want to get up early and go to bed, obviously you want to go to bed, uh, er, excuse me, earlier. Sorry. Uh, you want to go to bed earlier is because, uh, you want to wake up early. So you want to get at least seven. I think the goal is to get at least seven, maybe eight hours of sleep. Some of these entrepreneurs that are going 24 seven are, uh, only going like on six hours of sleep, which to me is crazy. Like I, I struggle just when I don't even get eight or seven hours. It's, it's hard. Like I've gone at times where I didn't sleep the whole day and like I did like my body's in like go mode and then halfway through the day, I just crash because my body can't do it. Uh, I haven't, I haven't, um, what's the word? Uh, I haven't kind of replicated or, uh, it's not the right word. I haven't trained myself to do it. These people are obviously been doing it for years and like their bodies are just used to it. But you know, I would say at least try to get seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, I'm, I'm at least minimum seven, I would say, but I'm trying to train myself to get up earlier and earlier every single day and just train myself. And I'm, tr my goal is to do six in the morning. Um, I can't see it right now, any point going any lower than that, but my goal is to get up at six in the morning, get in the shower, get ready for work. That's the goal. Cause I don't do that. I, I get myself in order and then I go and take a shower and then go to work. I would really like to maybe get up early and then maybe go to the gym. Cause I, I know a lot of these people are going to the gym in the morning. So go to the gym, get myself together, and then that way I don't have to do it at night and don't have to worry about it. It's done. It's over with. Because most people don't want to go to the gym. Most people are lazy. They don't want to go to the gym. I, I do want to go to the gym, but at the same time, when it comes down to it, I don't want to obviously go to the gym when the time comes. But um, I force myself to go. But if I did it in the morning, it would be easier because it's already done. Like you just – it's completely done and over with. So – and it gives you the energy throughout the day, which is, like, which is what I learned that a lot of these entrepreneurs are actually doing. The, the very successful and famous ones are going in the morning. And then I'd come home, shower, get ready for work. And I'd have a little bit of time to eat and maybe watch like a, an educational video. I try, or maybe like even a motivational video that's going to boost me up even more and hit that peak state of mind. So that's what I'm going to try to, that's, that's my goal uh, maybe down the road, maybe it changes like 535, but uh, like right now, six is pretty hard for me. Like six is really pushing it. So um, that's my goal is to get up at six in the morning. I'm slowly training my body to do that. I've been getting up at eight in the morning, which is a pretty good accomplishment for me. I'm trying to, keep, I'm going to just keep pushing it and then probably do like 730 and then seven, then 630 and then six. So I'm going to try to do it in increments. Uh, cause cold, like doing like the cold Turkey thing doesn't really work for me. Like trying to just do it doesn't really work for me sometimes with the, with the sleep. It's so easy for me to just go back to bed. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's one, that's a second way of uh, increasing more time to, to use, but no, I haven't mastered that one either yet. The, 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 the weight, the time waster stuff I've, I've said, like, I'm pretty like 90%, maybe like 85 but the sleeping part, getting up early, like I've, I've been failing. I mean, I've been get obviously better at 8 a.m., but I haven't fully been able to conquer that one. That's probably like 65, maybe a 70%. But I'm working on that. Like I'm, I will get it. Like I'm, I'm working on it. But um, so, yeah, so let me try to cut back because I kind of went off topic. But staying productive is what I, what I learned was 
what made me happy when I'd wake up and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have a productive day. I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go do that. Um, I'm gonna feel good about myself. And then at the end of the day, you know, you feel really good about yourself. Even when you wake up the next morning, you feel pretty good about yourself. Just like, all right, I did this, this, and this, this. The other thing I would do is, um, <clears throat> I don't have it with me. It's in my backpack, and I think the backpack's in, in the other room. But oh, it's actually behind me. But I don't want to get up and and you know see like empty empty chair basically. So what I've been trying to do uh, good, which I'd say maybe I do about seventy five percent of the time. I actually got to get a new ten uh, x uh, planner. Is I'm trying to jot down everything I'm doing. So that's a third way. All right, third way to get more productive with your time. Uh, is I jot down everything I'm doing on the one side, all right? Um, and what that does is, like, you'll start seeing where you're wasting time, where your time's really going, what you're focusing on, and that's really why uh, I try to use the 10X planner. Um, and then you, it obviously has goals in there, so I'm trying to keep the goals so they're at my, my peak. That's what's in the back of my mind. I'm like, all right, here's the goal. And then I try to do the quote. The quote's kind of hard because um, I'm, con you know, I'm trying to switch between people and the quotes that I put up on my Instagram personal channel are the quotes that are going into uh, my, my planner. All right. So I'm going through the same quotes with you. So that's why I did that um, for Instagram is all those quotes that I'm putting up on the Instagram page are linking right into, um, you know, I'm, I'm going through the same quotes with you in the back of my mind. So that's, that's why I did that. So it's more engaging for me to you. So, you know, and then I, and then I do the goals or whatever. And then at the very end, I, I do the success, um, whatever, because then you have to write down what you want to try to achieve in that day. That's another good one too, is you're trying to jot down what you want to uh, succeed. And then at night, you're going to jot down what you uh, fully, you know, committed to and completed. And then you're going to rewrite your goals. So I like the 10X planner a lot. It's actually, it's, it's, it has helped me put a little bit of order back into my life. And it, you know, the other thing I use too, is I'm trying to use calendars. So I'll use this hand for this and that one for that because Instagram can't see this hand, this, this finger. So I have, uh, you know, I have that uh, chart behind me, which is the calendar. And every single month I'm trying to jot down ahead of time. And the goal that my uncle gave me is he's like, the challenge is now you're working on, he's like, the, the challenge that you're working on right now is filling up your monthly calendar. He's like, now the real challenge is trying to schedule things ahead on your calendar. So like, month one, you know, obviously you're going through it, but then you're trying to drop, you're trying to get month two when you're on month one and then month three and two when you're on month one. And that's, that's hard too. Cause like you're trying to plan ahead and you're trying to, you're trying to fill your calendar. So that way, like you don't have an excuse like, all right, I'm coming up to, I'm on, I'm on November right now. We're coming up to December. I don't have anything planned for December 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's, that's what he's, that's what he's trying to tell me is like, you want to start trying to strive for longer, uh, longer, um, areas on your calendar. Now, um, so there's like the three ways I, th I thought I only had two, but then as I started talking, the third one kind of crept in my mind that I was using, but the, um, so those are three. I think that's all I have. I don't think there's a fourth one that I, that I'm using to kind of do like more productive work. But uh, the whole thing with like time management, I'm not really sure on that. But I know like Grant Cardone doesn't like that, and obviously Grant Cardone's on a whole never, a whole nother level than I am with like money, um, business. What's up, Edwin? Business and all that stuff. So it, you know, I don't, I can't physically see what he's talking about with like time management. I haven't hit that point, but, but the point 
that I'm trying to make is like, I, I realized the more productive I was with my time and I cut out the wasteful, the wasteful stuff that I was doing. And then I was putting more productive stuff. Like right now I'm working on the click funnels with Felipe. I actually just called him today. Um, you know, in the, on the car ride here after I got off the phone with, uh, my friend Chris and I'm actually, now we're going to start working. I'm going through the modules right now and he's going to show me, well, he's not going to show me, but we're going to sit down and we're going to try to make a prototype of the funnels. Uh, cause he wants to try to go as soon as possible and start doing these funnels, uh, which, you know, I'm a hundred percent down for Like I want to as quickly as possible, start getting these funnels down because the more reputation I do with the funnels, the more I'll understand the basics and all that stuff. But, uh, so that's one thing that I'm trying to do right now with, uh, you know, trying to squeeze that in my schedule and, and figure out, you know, time, place, all that stuff with the, with click funnels. Um, I think that's basically, I think that's everything I can pro probably possibly talk about with staying productive. The next topic we'll talk about right now is, uh, what will you leave behind when your time is up? Now, this is something that most people probably don't want to talk about, but the reason I want to bring it up is because, you know, this is something you should be thinking about. The weird part is, the reason I wanted to talk about this topic was, yesterday I went to uh, my uncle's funeral, right? So, uh, <clears throat> wow, that's weird. So, <laughs> so, I went to my uncle's funeral, and the weird part about it was, uh, I've been to a couple wakes before, all right, where like you're, you're seeing, you're seeing the person or whatever. Um, this one was a little bit different only for the fact that like, I've met my uncle a couple of times, but I wasn't extremely close to my uncle. So I, I, you know, I obviously knew my uncle, uh, but I didn't, I wasn't as close. So it didn't, it didn't affect me as much, but obviously the part where, you know, you got to go to the wake, the actual funeral and you have to go there and, and you're saying your piece to him. Or, you know, that person, I don't want to, you know, that was me with him. But, you know, for you, it could be a, you know, person. But, you know, you come up to it and you, you see him. And it, it kind of made me think about it for a second. Because, like, I like to pay attention to things, all right? Even in dramatic times, emotional times, I really try to take a 360 perspective on the whole thing, all right? And I think that's very important for anyone going in any situation, uh, you got to try to take a 360 perspective. Um, and that's how you really learn. You start learning about other sides, you start learning about different things. So when I'm in there, I started paying attention to the people that were there. All right. So the people that showed up to the funeral and I started paying attention to the, um, to like how it was set up, uh, what was said, like who, like what did people say when they went up there to say the last words? All right. So I, I paid attention, right? And what I found was, you know, he had, he obviously had people there and, and most people when you go to a funeral are going to have people um, and some people might have more things to say about the person that's, you know, there depending on the relationship you have with that, the person that, that passed away. But what I was really thinking about, because recently, you know, we hear about it all the time in the news, like this person died, this person passed away, uh, you know, recently, like one of the, the, one of the, one of my favorite rappers was Mac Miller, right? He recently passed away, uh, maybe a month, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, even could possibly be two months. It, it's decently been passed, um, like the whole, the whole event part of it. But the whole point that I was trying to, you know, it kind of made me think about, you know, people are like, oh, he died. It's such a shame. 
which I'm, I'm with you. Like I wanted more Mac Miller music. I, I didn't want, obviously I didn't want Mac Miller to pass away. I, he's, he was, I think he's only 26 when he passed away. All right. So he's really young. And to me, I was like, you know, I really thought he was getting his, uh, his life together. He dabbled a lot with drugs and stuff, but the whole point that I was thinking to myself was that he didn't, he didn't really die. Like he technically, his body is not here anymore. And, and, you know, I don't, you know, whether you're spiritual or not, uh, you know, I believe in a heaven and hell. I'm Catholic. So I believe in that the heaven and hell that he's going to a better place. But the whole point of the matter was, you know, he didn't really just leave us with nothing. He left, he left behind a legacy, right? So if anyone wanted, and the, the crazy part that I was talking to one of my friends is he actually got probably more publicity dying than he did when he was actually alive, right? Because every news channel covered him because he was, he was obviously a big, uh, big musical um, performer. He, he, he was pretty well known in the music industry or the rap industry, and when he passed, obviously it made headlines. So every news channel uh, basically covered his death and that exposed more people to Mac Miller. So now people are going to be like, all right, like I don't really know who Mac Miller is or maybe I kind of heard some of his old stuff and like I kind of liked it. And now they're going to go in and type in on Google Mac Miller, all right? And what's going to happen is more people are going to start listening to Mac Miller because of the coverage of him dying, passing away. And that And that guy has more, you know, I think that guy has like, I, you can't even count how much music that guy has produced or put out. Like he's put out massive amounts of music. All right. Um, some of the times I listen to stuff and it's really old and I'm like, I, I don't think I've ever heard this song. And like, I'm a big Mac Miller, a uh, big Mac Miller fan where I've heard a lot of his stuff. So even for me, sometimes I come across a song and I'm like, I've never heard this before. Cause it's just so much music out there from him. Uh, even when he probably wasn't as popular as he is, you know, now, most people know his name. If you say Mac Miller, they know who he is. But um, the point that I was trying to make was he left behind a legacy. And I came across this too with uh, Grant Cardone again. Most of my stuff is going to come from Grant Cardone, just letting you guys know. But um, I came across an episode or a podcast with him, and he was talking about legacy wealth, right? And that most of these people, you know, there's a difference between being wealthy and like leaving behind a legacy, and I, I really thought about this because, you know, we hear about it all the time that, you know, this famous person passed away and either killed themselves or uh, they ended up, you know, overdosing on a drug or, you know, whatever the case was, they passed away. And the first reaction to us is like, oh, it's such a shame. Uh, you know, we start saying all this stuff, but we don't think about the stuff that's behind him, like what he left behind. Or even any, you know, I'm kind of, when I say him, I'm kind of talking about Mac Miller, but anyone that's famous, Robin Williams was a, a big one that a lot of people lost, Michael Jackson, uh, there, there's plenty of people we can name. Uh, but the, what happens is people don't, people don't realize that, you know, even if, even though they pass, the legacy that they left behind will lead them for way more, many centuries, maybe even like decades of, uh, you know, whatever industry they change basically, but they'll be, they'll be living decades past us. Okay. And that's something I think a lot of people don't realize is like, you know, the average person is probably going to die, not leave anything behind. And most people will not know them. Handful of people that are close to them will know them. All right. But these people are leaving legacy behind them. And that was something where, you know, I really thought about it as I was out this wake and I'm like, you know, it's, what did he leave behind? 
you know, eventually I will be that. Eventually I will be in that casket. Eventually I will be put into the ground, uh, depending, you know, you know, the ground, whatever. I think now you can get cremated and stuff. But the point of the matter was I was thinking to myself, you know, even though I'm young and people think like, oh, you have so much time, you have, you know, people are living till their 90s and 100s, which that's even if you're lucky to make it to that point, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. But I, I thought to myself, like, what do I want when I pass? Who do I want here? What do I want to happen? And what do I want to leave behind? All right. And that was something that really, I really sat on as I was sitting there and just paying attention to things. And um, my grandfather went up and said some words and, you know, basically everything. And, uh, you know, I, I just really thought about it. Like, what will I personally, myself, leave behind when I'm dead? All right. And it's hard for people to do that. And like, it wasn't like, an, it wasn't really like an emotional thing. It was more of like a mental thing, right? Because obviously, like, you know, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to live for a while. Like, unless something traumatic happens, like, I'm going to live for a while. Um, but like, what am I going to do with the time that I'm on this earth? And, that, and that's kind of why I like Mac Miller too. I kind of resonated more with Mac Miller in the sense of like rap. It's all about, you know, they go and talk about like drugs and um, drugs, women, and kind of just like, like, you know, screwing the other person and like getting the upper hand. And like, don't get me wrong, Mac Miller had a couple, you know, well, some of his, probably a majority, uh, yeah, some of his songs when he was at a, a younger age and even like when he's he's still talking about drugs and stuff, but his stuff was more like mental relaxation and he went to different types of genres, which was really cool. Like he didn't just stick to one genre. Like most of these guys do. He went and jumped around into different genres and tried to like outdo himself in different areas, which I think he did a really good job. But my, um, the whole point for me is kind of, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, what am I going to leave behind? And it wasn't anything like traumatic. It was just kind of just like a mental thing that I went through. Uh, when I, when I, when I sat there and saw him and the people that were there and the things that were said about him and, you know, uh, overall I thought it was a pretty good funeral, but I, you know, I just, I just thought to myself, you know, I tried, I tried, I try to think differently than the person probably sitting next to me and that, and that's, you know, it's, it's a struggle. It's hard, but you know, I try to put myself in other people's shoes. I really try to, get myself out there and try to live differently than everyone else. And that's really my goal. My, that's probably one of my major goals is to really try to be different than the rest of the world. I'm only one, you know, one person out of like a billion people or like 700 million people. So I have to, I have to be different. I can't be like everyone else or I'm going to be treated like everyone else. Um, I don't mean that like people might take that as all like, like disrespect, but I'm not saying that it's more of like, it's, it's more of like, that's what I know I have to do. So that's what I'm going to do. And like, I, why would you want to be like everyone else? I don't know. I never understood that either. Why would you want to be like everyone else? I want to be my own individual, individual person. Um, but I'm trying to think, uh, I, think I, I think I had something else that I wanted to talk about real quick uh, on that topic, but I think I, like it kind of like bypassed me. But the, the point is like, you got to think to yourself, like what, Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about now that we're getting into. You, it's hard because at first, you know, I've, I've, when you go to your first couple of uh, 
like wakes or funerals, it's, it's really hard because normally, you know, obviously it's normally someone that's really close to you. Um, but, and it's, it's hard to think of death because no one really wants to die. No one wants to welcome death and die, you know, but it, you have to start thinking of like long-term, but also like, you got to realize that you're not, you're not going to live here forever. Eventually there's going to be a time when you, when you're gone. And that's something that has also, you know, I've always thought about too. And I've kind of been hard on myself with certain things because of the fact that, you know, I think about that. I'm like, you know, like this person did it in this amount of time and it took me this long to do it. And sometimes you kind of forget, you compare yourself a lot to other people. And sometimes you forget that, you know, it's not all the same. Like, why would you want to be exactly like that, that one person? I mean, you should grab, you know, traits from people, but you, you kind of want to be different. Like you don't want to be that, that same person. Um, but like, even though like I'm really into Grant Cardone, I really like what the guy says. Like I, I, I resonate more with him obviously. Cause like I see myself more in Grant Cardone with like how, how his mind thinks and uh, what he's actually trying to perceive and do and, and act. Um, but you know, I, I just keep telling myself, um, you know, you want to grab traits and stuff, but you don't want to, you don't want to a hundred percent, uh, be like Grant. You're like, I don't want to be Grant Cardone. I want to be Tyler Dunn. All right. I had someone reach out to me after one of these, uh, these episodes and, uh, they were kind of like, you know, I want to be more like you. And I said, and I said, um, or I think, I think it was more, it was worded a little bit differently. I think it was something like, I want to be like, I want to be you or whatever. And, and I said, you know, you shouldn't want to be like me, like grab different things that I'm talking about and grab some, you know, try to get some new habits and traits in your life, but you shouldn't want to be like me. You should be like, you know, whatever the person's name was, you should be yourself, but you should be trying to improve yourself. You shouldn't be just, you shouldn't just be sitting back and being like, all right, like everything's going to randomly happen and everything's going to be okay. You got to try to make things happen. You got to grab the opportunities. You got to go out there and you got to go and do it. So, um, eventually too, by the way, real quick, uh, I, I am going to start trying to do, I'm trying to look into mics and I, I read something, you don't want to go with cheap mics. You want to go with like decently expensive mics because, um, they last longer. They have more quality, uh, better quality sound and stuff. So eventually I'm going to get a mic. Then we'll switch over to the mic, uh, with like this stuff. Like, I don't know if I can do anything with, um, what do you call it? Like Instagram live, but I could definitely enhance the, probably the quality of the audio on Facebook. And the other thing too, is like, I want to start doing motivational speeches and that's going to start, you know, I might make a, a YouTube channel for that. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm working on the done deal investments, uh, YouTube channel. I got to fix a lot of the social media stuff for that. But, uh, the, the thing that I'm thinking about is investing in the mic because the mic's probably one of the most important parts. And then from there I could just, you know, slowly start getting things that I'll, um, do like the video quality. Cause the next part is getting better video quality on these live streams. Like, you know, obviously like a lot better, but the, the phone parts probably not that bad on the, for Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I get away with it. I don't think it's that bad of quality. It's obviously not perfect. 10, 1080 P or like 4k resolution, but, um, you know, it gets the job done for right now. But so I'm looking into enhancing things by the way. I wanted to get that out the motivational speeches, you know, eventually I would like to do something like that. Maybe eventually down the road. Um, obviously it's going to take time. I got to, you know, start building some experience, but 
you know, I could, I definitely could see myself talking in front of people and trying to boost other people. Cause that's what I'm really trying to do. When I talk to people, someone will tell me an issue or a problem. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, like maybe try this way. Or like, I try to give them solutions the best way I would personally do it. And the other thing too, is like, I try to boost people because most people want to tear you down. Like, and I don't think people purposely want to do it, but like, you know, people at my job do it all the time. And it, 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 it frustrates me because I'm a very optimistic, positive person. And that's really what I'm trying to do. And that's why I'm bringing you guys these, these goals and updates. Um, because I feel like a lot of people suppress the millennials. Now I kind of, I kind of thought the same way too. Like, I don't agree with everything millennials are doing, but at the same time, like you're the future. You know, millennials are the future. Eventually the baby boomers, the generations above us will, will eventually die out. And I don't mean that as like a negative thing. I'm just saying like eventually time will catch up with itself and eventually we will be the future of the, like we will be in the baby boomers uh, era right now. So, you know, and a lot of people are suppressing millennials saying they're stupid. They're on their phones too much, you know, which I, I do agree to some extent, but I also believe there's so much opportunity that like, if you're not at least trying you're failing on yourself. If you're just on the phone, on social media, going through the feeds, you're on video games. I mean, that's, you're messing up big time. But if you're really trying to take advantage of opportunities, there's so much out there that you can be doing. And I really want to motivate more people. And I know the only way to do that is to do like motiva uh, motivational speaking. That's why I'm going to Toastmasters. I'm going to start doing some uh, motivational speaking there, some speeches. And maybe, you know, eventually use that for some of uh, uh, the YouTube speeches that I can use. Um, so that'll give me exposure to talking in front of people and doing it. Another thing too is, um, you know, it'll get better at the podcasting. Uh, the, the one biggest thing I realized that I do is I say, um, but, you know, I use the conjunction words just because, you know, I, these are hard cause it's an hour. Like these podcasts are an hour. So, you know, and they're live. It's not like I'm, I'm recording this and splicing the clips together, right? Like I'm cutting the, the clips together it's more of like, I'm just talking for like 50 minutes to an hour and I'm trying to go through topics and I'm just instantly going on spot on cue, just going, uh, which, which honestly is a lot more challenging, but like, I want the challenge. Like I don't want to just be able to cut things and put it together. I want you to physically see me live. So like, you know, what I'm saying and what I'm feeling is actually physically visible. Like I want to be as transparent as I possibly can and honest at the same time. Um, let me see. So uh, we went through the two topics. We'll talk a little bit about done deal investments and I'll just, you know, do the, the same thing I kind of do, um, which is, you know, I, I promote done deal investments a little bit. So for anyone that is on here, <clears throat> I, uh, I own a company. My name's Tyler Dunn with done deal investments, LLC. And what I'm doing with this company is I'm a wholesale real estate uh, person. I don't say, I don't like to use the word agent only for the fact that when you hear agent, you know, most of the time people think I'm like a real estate agent and I'm not, it's, it's by far completely different than a real estate agent. What I do is I go and find, um, people that, that are willing to go and sell their properties to get out of a financial situation. So these are people that could be in pre foreclosure. The bank's going to take their house They're you know, they can't really afford the payments and the, you know, the bank's eventually going to take over the property and they're going to lose everything. Uh, the other thing is uh, liens from the city or, you know, any type of liens uh, where you're basically, they're, they're penalizing you every single day until you get, get done what they want you to do, like your city. Um, and it's just, it's weighing down on you and you can't seem to get ahead of it. 
uh, job transfer, you get a, you, you know, get an opportunity, right? And you have to leave within the next week, maybe even like two weeks. And like, you don't have time to go through a real estate agent to sell your home. I can help you out. Uh, you inherited a house, maybe a relative passed away and, and you're in the will and you just inherited a house and you really don't know what to do with it. You just want to get rid of it and sell it. I can help you. Um, what's the other one? Divorce. Maybe you're going through a very, very messy divorce. You finally, you know, settled all this stuff legally. Uh, you ended up getting the house and you just want to get rid of the house as fast as you possibly can. Cause you know, you, you don't want it anymore. Like you've had a lot of bad memory, you know, you've had memories with that other person. You just want to get out of it. Uh, I can help you out. Uh, getting, you know, getting, getting it sold very fast. Um, I think that's, I think that's the majority of the stuff. Uh, I can't really think of anything else, but those are like the ones that are on the top of my, my, my head right now. But how this works is I go in, I take the person that's in the financial situation, which we call the seller. And then I go and find a investor, which we call the buyer. So he's going to buy the, he's really the one that's going to take ownership and buy the property. So what's going to happen is what's going to, uh, sorry about that. Someone's trying to call me. So what's going to happen with that is I'm going to take the, I'm going to go in and figure out what your financial situation is, the cost of, of what's wrong with your property to put it into mint condition. And then I'm going to go and find an investor, which, which we call a buyer to partner up on the deal. All right. So I'm putting the deal together and that's why with done deal investments, LLC, uh, the slogan is where the deal is already done because everything is basically put together by myself and we just create the deals. We put everything together and uh, we make sure that both parties are satisfied. So that's, that's my main job in the whole entire process to make sure you're being understood. The terms and policies um, are going by your terms and your needs and the buyer or the investors also being, you know, their needs are also being met. So what's going to happen is we're going to take the seller, uh, the person in the financial situation, we're going to take the buyer who's the investor and we're going to pair, pair you up um, under contract. So the steps that we have to take in order to get this are three steps, all right? Three steps, three easy, easy steps. The first step would be for us to somehow contact each other. So I recommend a phone call. I think it's more personable. Um, we can better see each other's personalities. The questions will go a lot easier because it's, 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 you know, a couple, couple basic questions that I got to ask you. Um, so this way I understand the financial situation that you're in. Uh, and then, um, to figure out the, what you really need out of the deal, like what we have to work with the condition of your house. Um, so this way when I, you know, when we go into step two, I kind of know what I'm working with and, and I can help you out a lot better with the understanding part. Uh, so we could do this over the phone, which I do prefer text message, email, <clears throat> um, social media, you know, direct messaging on social media. Um, uh, and then from there, what we're going to do is then go into step two. So once I come up to the, you know, we, we answer the questions, I understand what you're going through this, the financial situation. We're going to go into step two, which is us setting up a time and date for me to physically go to your property. And I'm going to bring a checklist. You can ask me questions, any questions you have, I'll answer them in person. Um, I'm going to go through the checklist and I'm just going to, you know, see, all right, like we have a broken window. We have mold that we have to take care of. Uh, we have to fix a roof. So I'm going to estimate the cost in the sheet that I have. All right. And then from there, what's going to happen 
is I'm going to then uh, take five pictures inside and five pictures outside. The reason why I'm taking pictures is so when I go to match you with the investor, I'll have the pictures of the property, all right? All, like I'm just giving him everything so that way he sees what he's walking into, he knows the deal. Um, like I said, I'm, I wanna be completely transparent with people. I don't wanna hide anything. It's not what this business is designed for. I wanna be as completely transparent as possible, all right? And so we're gonna take the, take the pictures of, your, of the property. Um, I'm gonna come up with the estimate cost of putting your house in mint condition. And then I'm gonna send that to the investor. So that way the investor knows what he's walking into. Once you know the, I find an investor to match with you, um, then the next, the next step in that is step three. So that's when I go and do my own homework on the neighborhood. And I'm going to have to match three properties that match your, uh, your property the best I possibly can. Square footage, um, anything that I can match perfectly. Uh, sometimes it's not perfect. You know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta try to find the best you possibly can in that neighborhood. Um, and we're going to, you know, I get the three closest houses, what they were sold for in your neighborhood. And that's how I get the average price. Then what I'm going to do is deduct the average price from the expenses. And that's the price that we're going to, um, agree upon is, is that price. That's where I'm getting that price from. Right. So from there, what's going to happen is we're going to, you know, I'll call you, um, or whatever you prefer doing. And we're going to have to come to an agreement on the term. So this is where, you know, we're, we're going to agree on the price that you're going to get paid for the house. And this is also where the terms are going to be. If you need another two weeks to go find another place, once you get the cash to go and do that, or, um, you know, what you need physically out of the deal. All right. From there, once me and you agree or whoever the, you know, the, the person that's in the financial situation is, um, where we agree on the terms and the policies, we're going to go and I'll write a contract and we'll both sign the contract. Then I'm going to go to the investor and the investor is going to sign the contract and the investor is going to take ownership of the property. So what's going to happen is how everyone benefits from this, uh, from the done deal investments LLC is the investor is obviously going to make a certain profit off of the home because he's putting his own capital into the property to fix the things that are wrong with it. And he's going to make a profit off the deal when he sells it uh, on the market. All right. And the seller yourself, if, if you are, you know, if you end up having to need the services done deal investments or whoever is going to use the service, will walk away with the cash and they'll walk away scot-free from their financial situation. All right. So, um, and they're going to, then they're going to go and be able to, with the cash, go and find another, property that they need. So that's that part. And then obviously how done deal investments myself is going to benefit is then we're going to, um, you're and the cool part about this is you're you, the seller are not going to pay me commission. So if you went and sold it through a real estate agent, you'd have to pay commission to that real estate agent. How this is going to work is you're just going to get the cash. You're going to walk in and go find another property the investor is going to pay me the finder's fee for putting the deal together. So the investor is basically going to pay me and that way, you know, you don't have to worry about paying me, uh, which is one of the, one of the coolest parts about the whole thing, because most of the time, you know, you're going to a real estate agent and you're like, all right, I got to sell this home, but how, you know, how much are you going to take from me? How much am I going to lose in the deal? So that's something where, 
you know, it's, it's, it benefits everyone. So everyone's walking away with, with a win, which is really cool. Cause you know, a lot of deals, it's not that, not that all the time you're losing, but like the hard part with the deals is like trying to benefit everyone at once. You know, sometimes, you know, the other person doesn't really benefit off the deal until maybe later on. But the, that's the cool part is all three people in the deal will walk away satisfied. All right. So that's, that's what done deal investments LLC does. Uh, that's that's what my business is designed to do is to help more people. Eventually, what I want to do is once I get out of college, you know, I'm going on my last term. I'm going to then go into home inspections and start working on on getting licensed for that and start getting licensed maybe in other fields. So this way, instead of you just using Done Deal uh, Investments LLC services just to get you out of the financial situation, instead of you just you know getting out of the financial uh, sorry getting out of the financial situation again, I'm getting excited. Uh, just talking about it, but getting out of the financial situation um, and then you finding like another, you know, a realtor or someone else to go and find you a uh, property in your budget range. I'm going to somehow, and I haven't put every, you know, I haven't put all the pieces together. This is just something that I'm looking ahead of time for future reference. Um, be able to set you up where we get you out of the financial situation, then get you into another place and then be able to inspect it and just get different things where it's going to help you as a, as a homeowner, that's really what I wanted. That's, that's my goal is I don't feel like there's resources like this. I really don't think there's another resource. Uh, you know, really just people just rely on banks. They rely on real estate agents. They rely on all these different people or different industries, basically in, in uh, different forms to get them what they need. So they're dealing with so many different things. And the reason why I wanted, I picked the slogan where the deal is already done is because it's literally everything's done for you. You just have to go down the path. You just got to keep going to the next step through Done Deal Investments LLC. And that's really what I'm trying to do is set it up where, um, you know, it's not going to, the, the problem with it is like, I got to go and get experience in different fields and then, you know, merge them into the business. So it's definitely time consuming, but it's definitely worth it uh, because it's going to help a lot of people. And that's really why I want to design this business is because I always wanted to own a business but uh, what was happening was I didn't know where to go uh, because I, I, I didn't feel like this was really helping anyone. Or this, you know, I'm, I'm a very generous person. I really want to help as many people as I can. Uh, one of my massive, massive goals is to help as many people as I possibly can. I think the goal is like a million people. And then I think I upped it to like, uh, I think like maybe 50 million. I don't remember how much I upped it because it's been a while since I wrote that one down. But um, originally it was a million dollars. So I really wanted to, um, design a business where I can literally help as many people as I can. And the home, the home owner, uh, ownership kind of the home industry or, or real estate industry is kind of like a tricky one because, um, a lot of people own homes and they don't have another resource. Uh, they just rely on the bank and the bank is not really going to help you. They just help you fund it. And then if you can't make the payments or anything like that, or, something tragic happens, you don't really have a lot to help you on that. The bank's not going to really give you more cash after they lent you maybe like two hundred dollars to $300,000. You know, they're not going to give you any more money. Um, they're going to feel like, you know, you lost the money. You couldn't keep up on the deal. They're not going to give you any more money. So I really wanted to create this. So real quick, I got about like 30 seconds left before this all ends. But uh, so my name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Uh, thanks everyone for taking the time.
Uh, today's Wednesday, so the next one will be next Monday. I'll send some uh, things, uh, notifications. Thank you for taking the time. Appreciate it. Have a great Wednesday. Peace.